Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast, hosted by me. It's Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? I'm here in the car with Isa Rodriguez as we're driving out to Las Vegas for CES 2020. This is actually the part of the road where the elevation, uh, it's going up. So we're actually going to be passing by some of these snow-capped mountains right now. Uh, might see a little bit of snow. If there is, maybe I'm showing you a clip of it right now. In any case, I actually don't have any idea of whether or not this clip is going to work. Uh, I do have the DJI Osmo Pocket right here for those of you on the YouTube side. Uh, it's on a GoPro car suction mount, or rather just the suction cup mount, and then I have it adapted to the DJI Osmo Pocket, so it is going to be quite stabilized. I love this little camera. It's one of my favorite products uh, that I bought last year. In any case, I also have the face mic, so yeah, kind of this interesting classic podcasting method going on inside of a car for this road trip. In any case, a little bit later, I will personally, since I'm driving to Vegas and I'll have my car, I'm actually going to be personally uh, picking up uh, Jaime Rivera from the airport and his son Diego is going to be with him as well. So we might see him a little bit later on the podcast as well. I'm going to get his thoughts on what he's looking forward to at CES 2020. Uh, so the two of us are going to talk about it. Obviously, there's a, a number of stuff that we can kind of talk about right now and obviously a lot of stuff that we can't talk about yet. So we'll do our best to uh, remain within the bounds of our various NDAs. But in any case, hopefully the audio is coming in just fine. That's the reason why I love these face mics, but hopefully it's doing well in this particular environment. In any case, what I'm going to do is just talk about a couple of pieces of news that came out in the last week. One of them was just before the week, just before New Year's. I'm talking, of course, about the leaks of the Pixel 4a. Now, this one's really interesting to me because if you watched or listened to the episode a couple of weeks back about my favorite 2019 products, the Pixel 3a was near the top of that list because I enjoyed that phone a lot, especially because it was an affordable Pixel device. You get the same great camera quality, especially for stills photography, at a price that's really accessible. And yes, of course, in the US, we don't really have those types of phones like the Xiaomi's of the world and all that, uh, where plenty of other places in the world are able to enjoy those uh, high-end phones for really low price points. You know me, I, I actually really enjoy Xiaomi devices. Uh, so it was nice to see that kind of strategy hit the pixel line. And hopefully we're going to end up seeing it again with the Pixel 4a. Now, the renders themselves look pretty interesting. What I personally took away from it is that there's still going to be just one camera on the front, but if it's going to be a hole punch, then that means that maybe finally the Pixel is going to end up looking the way everybody wants it to, with as much screen as possible and not a whole lot intruding upon it. In the rear, however, you do also have uh, the camera hump, that square, that we're starting to see more and more of, especially in another phone that was announced very recently, which is the Samsung Galaxy S10 and the Note 10 Lights. So aside from it being a leak for the Pixel 4a, this is an actual announcement. Samsung literally just at the beginning of the year announced two budget versions of these phones. And I'm already a big fan, as I've said before, of the Note 10. Uh, and this is the smaller version. Now we're going to get something even lighter. Uh, of course, that's the name, light. I guess the question that I'm really interested in asking is, are these going to be outside of the E models? Because you have the S10e. Uh, I thought maybe we might get like a Note 11e or something like that. Maybe the E name is not going to be there anymore. And this is just, it's going to be light. Uh, so Samsung is clearly following a certain formula that I think Google 
proved would be viable in the US. It's a formula that, like I said before, is available in so many other parts of the world. And that's high-end phones for lower prices, um, especially since we have certain processors and certain uh, components that are available at lower price points, like uh, the mid-tier Sony IMX sensors or the Snapdragon 765G. Uh, these are going to be the bits and pieces that allow for phones to not have to be over a thousand dollars. And personally, I'm really excited to see what these light models actually look like and what they end up being like, because I, I love the idea that we can get really good experiences on phones without having to pay an arm and a leg. Hopefully we don't have to wait too long to actually get our hands on the light models. Uh, there's no price or date availability information out there just yet. Uh, but Samsung's upcoming unpacked event does seem to be happening in the second week of February. And that falls in line with the fact that MWC is going to be right after that. Uh, so that, could, that makes sense. But hopefully the light models will be available very, very soon. In any case, we are officially about 50 miles away from Las Vegas. We haven't even crossed the border yet. I don't think we have at least. Uh, I haven't seen that one casino. I'm trying to think which one it is. But we haven't seen... Oh, Prim. We haven't seen the Prim Casino yet. So that's usually the marker of we're heading into Nevada from California. Uh, but in any case, uh, yeah, this is the drive to CES, giving you a bit of a look at how some of us are traveling there. Jaime himself is actually in the air right now with his son, and uh, we're going to be picking him up from the airport later tonight. So we're going to kind of pop over to that in a little bit. But I do want to pass the question off to all of you. Are you excited for these, let's say, mid-range versions of phones that we're very familiar with? Uh, in this case, the Pixel 4a, maybe a 4a XL. Uh, and then the official announcement uh, kind of came out of nowhere from Samsung regarding the Note 10 Lite and the S10 Lite. But with all of that said, we're going to focus a little bit more on the discussion between Jaime and myself regarding CES 2020. So for now, I'm going to go ahead and just pause on this and let's get into a bit of a mid-break. Psych. Well, kind of. Uh, let's just put it this way. CES is such a crazy show in and of itself uh, that before the show actually starts, the show floor opens up on January 7th. The days that lead up to it are just press event days and press conferences and all of that stuff. And things got so crazy that unfortunately Jaime and I were not able to sit down and actually talk at length about what we're looking forward to at CES. I just wanted to be sure I let you know about that. I will talk a little bit about CES uh, after the mid-break, but I wanted to make sure I told you this before we went to the break so that you didn't feel uh, clickbaited or anything like that. It's just that we weren't able to get together. Today's show is sponsored by Caseta Smart Lighting Control from Lutron Pioneers in Smart Home Technology. A lot of people think you need smart bulbs to get smart lighting, but there is a smarter way. Caseta's smart dimmers and switches replace the switch in your wall so that all the lights controlled by that switch will act smart. Think about all of the places in your home where one switch controls multiple bulbs, like ceiling lights, chandeliers, bathrooms, and more. With Caseta, you'll save money by replacing the switches instead of replacing all of the bulbs, because smart bulbs are only smart when the switch is on. If someone flips it off, you can say goodbye to smart control and connectivity. But Caseta switches are always smart even if the switch is off. With Caseta dimmers, you don't need to buy smart bulbs to enjoy smart lighting. You actually get the best of both worlds. Smart lighting control from an app or your voice and control right at the switch. As you can probably tell, or as I've said in this episode, I'm at CES 2020, which is not too far from home, but I can still monitor things with my smart cameras at home and be able to turn on the lights and make sure they are turning on at certain hours of the night to make it seem like somebody is home. I can have all of that with the app, even though I'm nowhere near my home at the moment. So you can get smart lighting the smart way with Caseta by Lutron Smart Switches. Learn more about Caseta at lutron.com weekly. That is lutron.com weekly. 
All right, so one thing that you'll notice is that there's no YouTube version of this podcast, and for good reason. Not only were Jaime and I not able to get together in order to talk about everything happening at CES 2020, but even then, all the stuff we want to talk about is still under embargo at the time of recording this episode. So uh, in the interest of sticking to our contracts and NDAs, obviously we want to err on the side of caution. So instead of talking about everything we've already seen up until the point of recording, we're just not going to worry about it for now. But I will make sure that Jaime and I sit down for a little while and you'll get a nice special discussional podcast between the two of us a little bit later this week uh, in line with our next episode. One cool thing about CES, however, as you might notice from pretty much its history, is that it's not going to be mostly about smartphones. There's so many other categories at CES as well, including home appliances, audio products. Uh, you might get some computing products and whatnot. There's so many things here that we're looking forward to seeing. And if you take a look at any of our schedules, uh, I know that they're private for us to actually be on time with everything, obviously. But if you take a look at our schedules, there are so many blocks of time uh, that are taken up. The next few days are going to be so nice but it's a very diverse group of products. We have things like wearables. We're going to be seeing Fossil in a little bit, and hopefully they'll have something new to be able to show us. I will say one thing, though. I'm already a big fan of what Fossil has done in just the last couple of months because I am currently wearing and greatly enjoying the Fossil Hybrid HR. Now, of course, that's not going to be a full-on smartwatch, but I'm so happy to have this on me because it's a good minimalist smartwatch. Basically, it's just uh, going to be my notification center, and there are a couple of apps on there. But the battery life is awesome at about a week uh, because it has an e-paper display behind actual watch arms that move uh, so that they can move out of the way if you want to take a look at the display. Now, Fossil will probably have a couple of things uh, to show us that are full-on smartwatches, Wear OS and beyond, but hopefully we're going to get better battery life out of them. Uh, there's also the computing side of things. Uh, we're probably going to see some pretty awesome stuff coming out of uh, Razer's camp. Uh, we might see some prototypes from uh, particular places like Lenovo. And uh, what I'm really kind of looking forward to is seeing how, let's say, foldable displays might actually uh, intersect with more than just mobile devices like smartphones and tablets. So that's something that I'm really looking forward to seeing. I don't really know what that might look like, but I'm getting this sort of sense that they're going to be foldable displays in way more products than just smartphones. Of course, we got the Moto Razr recently. We got the Samsung Galaxy Fold, which is finally in a lot of people's hands. Um, and we're likely going to see a lot of smartphones still take on that form factor. But why not make a large display as part of even like a tablet or maybe even a TV or something like that? We don't even really know what we're going to find. And then in the home appliances segment, uh, there are some really fun products there typically, uh, like smart refrigerators that show you what is inside. Uh, that way you can check what you have in your refrigerator while you're out shopping. So if you are missing something or if something's about to expire, you can replenish that pretty quickly. I want to see more wearables though. Um, I talked about smartwatches a little bit ago already, but I want to see more like smart eyewear personally. And I think that that's a category that still needs to mature some more. We got the Focals by North, which you've probably heard me and David Amell talk about a few episodes ago. I also had the Bose Frames, uh, which are a fantastic pair of glasses that I I popped the sunglasses out and put in some prescription lenses. That way I could actually use them on the daily. Uh, and then uh, the speakers that point downward, uh, they're a good backup for those times when you forget your earphones or your truly wireless earbuds. Uh, I rarely ever forget them, to be honest, but it's nice to have that somewhat discreet audio playing whenever I just want to be distracted and I'm in a place that I can't have big headphones on. 
But we got to see more of these. We need more wearables that are outside of just smart watches because I think the wearables category needs to evolve past that. Watches are going to they're going to be a ton of watches. I'm sure of it, and we're going to see certain um, certain wearables that might have specific use cases, and maybe we'll see some smart rings. I also wear a smart ring. Also, it's a sleep tracker, but I wear is something that intrinsically improves somebody's life. Like myself, I have negative 2.0 vision, uh, but the um, the eyewear could actually improve someone's life immediately while having extra functionality. It just does. It just has to be not so bulky. That was the one thing that the Focus by North uh, did not really do is be sleek. But version two is on its way. I don't think they're here at CES though. Version two is on its way, and we're looking forward to seeing a sleeker version of that piece of eyewear. And as you can probably tell, I'm being super vague about all of the products that I'm looking forward to seeing because I'm not trying to break any of the <laughs> non-disclosure agreements that we might have uh, signed at the moment. So of course, we're trying to make it clear that we are looking forward to product categories, but we can't talk about actual products yet. That was the funny part about how this podcast was actually scheduled uh, because it's right before all of the press days and we are aware of what we're going to find during the press days. We just can't talk about it while we're recording recording the podcast for this weekend. But I just wanted to tease all that stuff for you podcast listeners. Thank you so much for listening. By the way, we will have two basically episodes of the podcast next week to make up for this particular one that just got marred in logistical issues. Uh, scheduling is nuts. CES is nuts. I hope you guys are okay with that. But I would be remiss if I did not go to our comments from last episode, and I will go ahead and respond to some of those right now. Of course, our last episode was about how 2019 was a great tech year. It was another discussional podcast where I was able to sit down with Jaime Rivera, and the two of us were able to talk about his favorite products from last year. We're only a small number of days into January of 2020, so it is still pertinent to talk about 2019 tech. After all, 2019 tech is exactly what we're going to bring into the new year, into the new decade. By the way, I still find it so funny that everybody was... Uh, arguing about whether or not 2020 is a real decade or not. I think that's beside the point. It's a new year. Let's just go ahead and go into the new year. I'm actually looking forward to the in-display camera. Finally, there will be no notch or holes in the screen, and I'm also hyped about graphene batteries. I actually don't have a whole lot of info in my head about graphene batteries. I would just love to see better batteries, more efficient batteries. One of the things that became very clear over the last couple of years in smartphones is that the best way to get better battery life is to just make it bigger, but we need to find a way to have more efficient power. Um, but graphene batteries, perhaps that'll be the case. Uh, I actually need to do a little bit of research on that, so thank you for putting me onto that. But as far as in-display cameras are concerned, you probably saw a teaser already of the OnePlus Concept One. And that's something we're going to see here at CES. I can actually talk about that because OnePlus tweeted about it. It's basically an it's basically a camera that should be under a display, but it's a pane of glass that's on the back that hides the camera so that you have a back of a phone that just looks incredibly sleek. It's got that McLaren look on the back. Um, but yeah, Oppo, of course, had the in-display camera on uh, their concept phone. It's probably a Reno, something to that effect. Uh, but yeah, it's there. And when you turn on the camera, it will just uh, make that particular area transparent, that little square at the top. So in display camera, exactly. We're not going to have any more notches or any holes. But let's just put it this way. Until that particular tech becomes more prevalent, we are going to get mostly notches and punch holes in a lot of phones, at least for the moment. 
watching Matthew Moniz in the background, eh? I was. <laughs> I watched him on that particular computer that was in the background, uh, but what was funny was after I saw his video, I was like, oh yeah, I should include that video in the Tech Roundup. Speaking of which, the Tech Roundup for this week, I'm actually holding off on it because I want to promote other people's videos in CES 2020, and that's all happening this week. So you can look forward to that. All of our friends are here, and I just want to give them some love, some shout-outs, uh, and you're going to hear a lot about those in the next episode. Some people were loving my little joke at the beginning of me and Jaime's discussion. Uh, what was your favorite tech of the year and why was it the Pixel 4 XL? Now, first of all, that's not me throwing shade at the Pixel 4. I'm only saying that it wasn't the best phone of 2019 by any stretch of the imagination, but it is still a really good phone. And it does have one of the best cameras, especially for stills photography that is out there right now. It's still a phone that I like coming back to, especially when I know I have to do things like social media and whatnot. It's still fun to use. It's still a Google Pixel. And I think that Google still has some really good tricks up their sleeve, uh, not the least of which being the Pixel 4a. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm not sure what phone of 2019 is my favorite. I'm not blown away by most of them. Only the Razer 2019 catched my full attention as I was looking forward to it for like a whole year since the rumors started about it. Yeah, that's the thing. 2020 is going to probably be one of those years where we have a ton of leaks and a ton of teasers and a ton of rumors that are always happening. I mean, even just now, we had leaks of the Pixel 4a and now everyone's talking about that. Um, I think some of the companies are trying to get ahead of all of those leaks, though, and just going ahead and announcing things. Google even did that themselves with the Pixel 4. So hopefully we get more of that rather than just speculative talk throughout this entire year. Oh, and by the way, uh, before I forget, this person said, really good episode. Thanks so much. Uh, see you next week. Happy New Year to all. Happy New Year to all of you that are listening to this podcast right now. Thank you so much for sticking around with us uh, into the new year. And yeah, Happy New Year. It's, it is the new year, and that's why we're here at CES. It's one of those cornerstones of every single year that CES happens not long after the New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. With the iPhone 11s being so good, I'm looking forward to next year's all-new 5G iPhone 12s with all-new powerhouse 5 nanometer A14 Bionic running iOS 14. You got a lot, uh, you, there's a lot of stuff there that you are wanting out of the new iPhones. I don't blame you whatsoever. A 5 nanometer process, that is going to be pretty interesting. One of the most efficient phones, perhaps, or efficient processors, rather, for a phone, if you can get down to that 5 nanometer process. Aha, now we get Jaime's real view of the G Fold, Galaxy Fold. Previously, multiple times he was swooning over it. Now it's only a great tablet and a mediocre phone. Now here's the thing. He can say that. Jaime can say that because he no longer has the phone in his hands. I kind of see where everyone's love for the Galaxy Fold is. Um, I saw a couple of people actually went off and bought it ahead of CES 2020 because they actually missed it. I feel like Jaime and even myself would do that if it wasn't such an expensive device. I don't have that amount of money to spend yet. That's the only thing. Um, but yeah, the, um, the thing about the Galaxy Fold is that, yes, that's true. It's a great tablet. It's only an okay phone, but putting those two things together, I'm sure Jaime is still swooning over it. It's one of those phones that you have to be experiencing in order to truly enjoy. What was the backpack Jaime raved about? The one previously mentioned, recommended by JV. Thanks in advance. Keep it up, JV. Thank you so much for the compliment, by the way. Um, well, the backpacks that we're using, and this probably comes as no surprise to anybody, we're using Peak Design backpacks. Uh, so we have the version 2s right now. And originally, Jaime was the one that used the version 1 everyday backpack. And then I was holding off as much as I could. But as far as Peak Design is concerned, I always used their 5-liter sling. I love that thing. And I was even a bit hype beast about it because I always had it like on my chest. So funny story, when Jaime and I were 
were in Japan together, he saw me using that in that method. Um, so I had it really tight on my body, up on my chest. Um, I looked like I was uh, always on like an album cover or something like that. But it kept everything within easy reach, and he kind of liked that. So when the new five, well, when the new three and six liters came out, uh, he jumped right onto the six liter. He was able to get one of those, and that's what he's saying he'll be using most during the show. In my case, I use the three liter just as my everyday carry. Uh, I usually have my DJ Osmo Pocket in there because I want to have something that I could easily film with every day. Uh, and I usually have all of my other like things in there like my phones, my keys, my wallet, all of that stuff. But for work, especially at CES, I will be using the 20 liter zip. Uh, which is the new version of their everyday backpack, but instead of there being a flap on top, the entire thing is just one really long zipper. I'm a little bit worried about the zipper, to be honest, because I have had zippers break on me on Peak Design uh, products in the past, but I have a feeling this one will be okay. I miss the Joshua and Michael Fisher duo, Bestie Vibes. Hey, you know what? Uh, we are the homies. Uh, we have been called uh, the bromance of tech in the past, but uh, we will have Michael Fisher hopefully on a little bit later this week. I'll have him at least for a little bit of a segment because what I want to do is meet up with all of our buddies here at CES and ask them, what is in your pocket now? That's a segment that I want to definitely have here, especially for the podcast. Uh, but yeah, you'll see that on YouTube. And as I find these people, uh, I will make them tell me what is in their pocket now on camera when I can. All right, well, with all of that said, I think I'm going to go ahead and call it on this episode of the Pagana Weekly Podcast. Thank you so much for your comments. Um, I won't be able to have comments for next episode because there's no YouTube side, uh, but you can always hit us up on our social medias at Pagana across all the different social medias, including Twitter. So if you have anything that you do want to shout us out for, definitely let us know. Uh, on top of that, however, look forward to the next episode, which will have a couple of video components. Uh, Jaime and I will get together to talk at length about our CES 2020 experience, as well as a second about what is in various tech people's pocket now. Like I keep saying, there's a lot to look forward to at CES 2020, so make sure you subscribe to the Pocket Now channel over on YouTube. You can also subscribe to my channel. Uh, you can just find me at youtube.com slash Joshua Vergara because I'm covering CES as JV as well. Look forward to a lot of stuff happening this week here in Las Vegas and subscribe to the channels. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you're a new listener, welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. You can follow myself on um, social media as well at JVTechT. You know me, I'm JV. I love tech and I love to drink me some tea. Before I ramble on for too long we're gonna get into the thick of it in ces 2020 and we will see you in our next episode